Welcome, everybody. Uh, for those that don't know, my name's David. I'm one of the leaders at the church. Um, I'm just here to uh, pray over Pastor James and uh, commission him into our uh, new acting senior pastor role. Uh, as Pastor Steve goes on sabbatical, we have the honor and the privilege. Uh, yeah, we've got the privilege of um, appointing Pastor James as acting senior pastor. Um, yeah, in the next six months, um, he will be leading us. Um, hopefully not exactly like Pastor Steve, because Pastor James is a completely different person. But yes, he will be taking over the roles and the responsibilities to lead our church and uh, God's people. So please, um, I'd like to invite him forward. And if you could just reach out your hands, and let's just pray over Pastor James at this moment. Dear God, I pray now for Pastor James that he will continue to be faithful to you and to your church. Would you help him to always seek your direction in his life and the, and the life of your church? I pray that he, that he is faithful in all that he does, faithful to his commitments, faithful to his staff, faithful to your people, and faithful to your church. Lord, help him to be faithful to proclaim your name, not only in this hall, but in all the earth. Give him the strength to overcome the challenges he will face and give him the courage to be bold in his faith, Lord. May Pastor James bear much fruit and live a life full of your spirit in this new season to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I just, at this moment, I just want to invite up uh, one of our board members, Anzi Chan, wherever you're at, to just give a word of encouragement. Hey everyone. Um, so my name is Ansley, and for those who don't know me, I'm one of the board members here at Chapel Sydney. And um, it's a privilege to be invited to represent the board to give a word of encouragement to Pastor Steve. Um, so on behalf of the board, there are a few words that I'd like to share here um, that hopefully will encourage you, Pastor Steve, and Pastor Mel, as you go on the six months of the particle. Um, so I guess firstly, we really encourage you to use this sabbatical to remind yourself that the greatest joy is found in just being a beloved son to our Heavenly Father. While being our senior pastor brings a lot of responsibility, sacrifice, and burdens at times, um, it is a tremendous joy and privilege to be serving our God and be in partnership with Him to do His work. So we pray that during this season of rest, however God is going to work in through and reveal it in your heart. Um, may it all just stem from a continual understanding that everything, every ministry that you do, is founded upon the simplest and purest joy of being in loving relationship with God. So we pray that above all else, you will really enjoy this time with our Heavenly Father. And um, secondly, we encourage you to always remember that ministry always starts from your own family. And, um, you know, while you take this next season for personal rest, renewal, and strengthening of your relationship with God, remember to also use this time to spend and invest in your family as well. Um, do, the things and, do the things that you and your family love to do. Um, I know that you'll be going traveling soon, so maybe go golfing in Europe, you know. <laughs> or maybe when you travel with Pastor May, pa sorry, Pastor Mel, <laughs> Pastor Mel, <laughs> 
sorry, that, that came out a little bit weird. Pastor Mel, <laughs> Pastor Mel, um, maybe go on a few brunch dates with her, you know? I'm sure she will love that. Um, or maybe even volunteer to be a cafeteria volunteer at your kid's school. You know, but whatever makes you happy, whatever makes you enjoy your time with family, we really encourage you to do that. Um, and thank you for being such a good model to live out this truth to us all as well. Um, yeah, we pray that God will continue to mold you, first and foremost, to be a loving, healthy husband and um, father to pass on your kids. So um, last but not least, let God lead you. Immerse yourself in God's presence. Take the time to meditate and reflect on His goodness. Take the time to be challenged and be renewed by His Word. Take the time to speak and ask, but also take the time to just be quiet and also listen. Whatever you can dream, God can dream it bigger. And so your trust and faithfulness to God is enough. So, Lord, so yeah, let God take the lead during this time. Um, I'll just quickly close this off um, with this verse. So, Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy for, um, chapter 4, verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So, Pastor Steve, run the good race that God has set before you. As a church, we really thank you and Pastor Mel for your many years of ministry and your um, selfless sacrifice to, to our church. And I'm sure on behalf of everyone, you know, our heart's desire is for you to run this good race for the long run and run it sustainably as well. So therefore, um, yeah, as a board, we, we fully support you and uh, we'll t- as you take this time to rest and we'll join you in prayer um, during, during this season. Um, you know, we love you, Pastor Steve. And so we look forward to seeing you again when you come back. Thanks. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, so we have a few special guests today, um, one being Das Verrill. Uh, he's our, let me get this right, Ministry, Ministry Executive Director. Sounds good? <laughs> Ministry Executive Director of our Fresh Off Movement. And I would like to invite Das to come up to share a few words to our church. It's funny, uh, it's executive ministry director and the combination of those words have been used so many times. And I have the weirdest job, I don't even know how to describe, not just the work, but we're not a denomination, but I hold a role like that. Um, So it's actually quite a privilege, because I've been with you guys before in in, in Chatswood and a couple of meetings here in Burwood, and um, it's always an honour. And Steve just said, could you just share a little message to encourage the church? And actually, this since, really, since COVID, I've done a lot of thinking into the word rest, and Steve said, just share a bit about rest and encouragement to the church. And this morning, I was in Hebrews 4 again, but it's always good to sort of mix up the, the variations of translation. And one of the things that's absolutely stunning, here's what I honestly believe, that rest is one of the greatest treasures of our faith and possibly one of the greatest witnesses in this present time to our world. Rest, uh, there's, a, there's a theologian in Vancouver says that rest is entering into the security and control of God. It's not leisure. It's entering into the security and control of God. And I've, I've tried to think about 
if that's true, um, what does that mean? And I love that idea because God is in control. And it actually, um, it might have been Pastor James or actually, no, it wasn't. It was Anthony this morning who prayed that. God, you're in control. Like, he is in control. And there's something about entering into that. And that's what Sabbath rest is. So when the writer of Hebrews picks up Sabbath rest in Hebrews 4, he's saying, strive to enter that rest, which is an odd thing of striving and resting. <laughs> but he's saying to make every effort because... And I linked this this morning with Jesus saying, don't be anxious. Because I think our anxieties lead us to live as though God's not in control. So that's why Jesus says, don't be anxious. I've got this. Like I'm raised from the dead. I sit on the throne as we've sung this morning. I rule from heaven. I've got this. And so there's something about the practice of entering into the reality of Jesus' lordship. And Sabbath practiced weekly and you know, when COVID hit, it was really interesting. I had the word Jubilee pop, and I was like, Jubilee? And Jubilee, you may know biblically, is seven sevens, or it's the 49th year. And the idea, obviously, in Leviticus is that the land would rest, but I think we all know that God cares more about land, more about humans than land. So 49 years, what happened in culture, history? And from 2020, 49 years back, was the development of the microchip. And I thought, this is fascinating. The human is becoming more machine. That's true for any time we've moved in technological revolutions through history. Every revolution, every age makes the human more machine. And God's desire is that we be, <laughs> that he created us to be human. And so something about Sabbath is about being deeply human. And so Steve and Mel and the clan, as you guys enter that, I actually want to say something else on that. I think your Sabbath rest is resistance. You can't spell resistance without rest. And actually, the word katapao in the Greek in Hebrews 4 actually also means to cease. So interesting. Why is that there? Resist and cease. And a scholar named Walter Brueggemann says that the system of our world, he calls the pharaohs, <laughs> the system of the pharaohs, and pharaoh is always making you make bricks without straw. He's running on an anxiety system. That is the world. Do more, do more, do more. The system of Pharaoh is make bricks without straw. And Sabbath is resistance. It says, no, I'm actually not going to be just a producer and just a consumer. I'm actually going to be someone. I'm going to be someone. So I actually think, Steve, as you guys take that, and for you guys, he was my invitation. I was praying, going, okay, for the chapel this morning, my prayer and invitation would be that you guys actually enter into the rest, Pastor James, entering into the rest with Steve and Mel and the kids. There is something about entering into the reality of God's security and control that will bring you the deepest joy and be the greatest witness to the ways of the kingdom. We are not going to be raised, brothers and sisters, to a life of busy anxiety. We are raised, Hebrews 4 says, Jesus by his bloodshed and his resurrection has secured for us eternal rest not eternal busyness. The next age is one of rest. Jesus is our light. Like there's something phenomenal about the way it's going to be in the resurrection of all things to which we're headed. So the temptation might be, with Stephen Mel going, to do more, to be anxious. That might be there. How do we do? I want to say, change your rhythms. Go restful. Enjoy being with one another and with God. And in so practicing you're actually modelling something of your ultimate destiny, where you are headed. Every time you practice Sabbath, every time you enter rest, you are modelling the reality of the way of the kingdom. 
And do we not pray? His kingdom come, his will be done. Anthony said that this morning. What's his will for you? What's his kingdom look like? He is in utter and total control. And we can enter into that with joy. So I'm going to pray for you um, as we think, Lord, Lord Jesus, King of kings, seated on the throne and also in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, pray for the chapel, pray for Stephen Mel and the kids that as they go, their time with you would be utterly joyful, utterly filled with experiences with you, intimacy with you, fire with you. And I pray for the chapel that as they remain, their joy would increase as they spend time also with you in rest. Thank you that you're the God of rest. You yourself rest and rested after creation. The works have done and somehow in mystery you also rest. So I pray that over the chapel there would be shalom, peacefulness and restfulness knowing Jesus, you have secured it all. Thank you for the bloodshed and the power of your resurrection that secured for all of us an eternity in your presence, one of restfulness. Thank you for the beautiful ways of your kingdom. May there be lots of surprises as well in the chapel in this time, surprises of joy as they experience intimacy and joy with you. We also pray again for our brother James as he leads. You would give him everything he needs to lead well. And we pray this in your beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for the word, Daz. Really encouraging. So thank you very much. Uh, right now, we're going to invite up Pastor Stephen uh, to give his last 10 minutes of uh, encouragement to the church. We always joke that, um, that when he gets back from sabbatical, he's going to do three-hour sermons. So enjoy this one, guys. <laughs> it's not a joke. Uh, I just want to take us to... Uh, some scripture and it's just this one little verse in John chapter 3 verse 30 and it says this he must become greater I must become less he must become greater I must become less Sabbath is a time of rest a time to pause from work and recognize that we do not make the world go around that we are not the center of the universe It's a reminder that even when we don't do anything, even when we don't make anything, even though we're not working, life goes on. Because it's not about what we do. It's about who God is and what God is doing. Time of Sabbath is is not a holiday or an avoidance of reality, but is a reality check. A reality check that allows us to align ourselves with God and his plans. Um, so as we've been preparing for this time of Sabbath, um, I was drawn to this verse, John 3.30. He must become greater and I must become less. This verse reminds me that for God to become greater in my life, I have to let go of some of the things that I'm holding on to, including my ministry and the church, And allow God to be the sole purpose and source of joy and meaning for me. It's a time to remind myself that I live for God, not to do his work. That I'm satisfied from who God tells me that I am and not what I do for him. It's a reminder that God is more concerned about who I am and not what I do. 
It's a reminder that he must become greater, and for that to happen, I must become less. So if you ask me, Steve, what are you going to do for six months? That's what I'm going to do. That's all I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to make God greater in my life. And I'm going to become, and to do that, I have to become less and less and less. Um, I am very grateful. I'm, I'm deeply grateful um, to our church community. And, you know, for some of you, 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 and I'm looking out and, like, there's people that are, you know, you're here for the first time and, and it's, it's an odd uh, Sunday to be here, and if you are here for the first time, welcome. Please come and say hello to me. I'd love to meet you. Um, but I'm very grateful for our church, our leaders, our staff, um, our board, um, yeah, who have, uh, we, we've journeyed, you know, nine and a half years uh, in this church. Um, uh, grateful to Daz, who's been a part of this journey here in Burwood, um, from many years ago. Um, grateful to Nath Marshall, who's um, he's the head of church. I watched this movie the other day, and this guy from Google was the head of search. <laughs> Nath Marshall is the head of church. And uh, he's going to lead us in, uh, in communion later in something that he does beautifully. Thank you to Pastor Jacob, uh, who is an old-time friend and mentor and now a neighbour to our church. Um, I'm not going to tell the story, don't worry. But they're not here today. Um, Let's just say that... (sighs) Just keep... Please keep your shirt on in in, in your backyard. It's a shared space. So... Um, Thank you to my parents who are here, who told me that they, they weren't going to come, but they're here, um, have supported me um, and our family through this. My mother-in-law and her partner are here as well. Thank you so much. Flew all the way from Korea just to be here and, and watch my kids for the next two and a half weeks. Um, special thanks to uh, Pastor James for um, just being who you are. You know, And I think Daz said it so beautifully, and and I cannot echo those words. Please do not feel the anxiety to do and to do and to create. Just you be you and, um, yeah, find rest in God and and, and your leadership uh, will be felt in this church as it already is. And, um, yeah, as a church, I'm really excited to see um, what God can do through um, your leadership uh, in this season. So thank you. I think to my wife, as always, um, who, who is not going on sabbatical, actually. So I'm going on sabbatical, but my wife is not. So you'll see her. She's actually going to be busier at church um, uh, with the kids. But, um, yeah, just uh, I'm really excited um, of, of our next season together, especially um, our little trip overseas starting tomorrow without the kids. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot that, uh, that's happening for me, but I think there's going to be a lot that's happening for us as well, so really grateful. And once again, thank you to the church. You know, whether it's your first time here, whether you've been here for the last nine and a half years, whether you've been with us journeying from the previous church, it's, uh, it's just a joy more than anything else. And um, 
you know, I, I really thought, look, what, what, what is this about today? Is it about my releasing? Is it about Pastor James's commissioning? It's not. At the end of the day, it's a celebration of God. It's a celebration of who God is and who God is in your life. I'm not here because I've got anything to offer. I'm here because of the grace of God that allows me to be here. Today is not about me, nor is any other day about me. Every day is about God, who is the main character of the story we call life. And only when we truly understand this, only when we live out this truth in our lives, we will be fully satisfied. Anything else, we will fall short. So, today, I know, I know, some of you are disappointed. Why is Pastor Steve not crying yet? I know you're disappointed. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I cried a lot this week. Um, when, as you walk out and enjoy the beautifully mowed lawn, there's tears in that lawn while I was mowing the lawn. You know? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised in myself why I'm not crying either. <laughs> but I, I really do think it's, today's a celebration about God. So we're going we're gonna to share in the Lord's Supper together. We're going to give our tithes and offerings. We're going to worship God. Because there's nothing more important than acknowledging God in our lives. So thank you. Um, I'll be around. I'm not, you're not going to not see me for six months. I'll be around um, here and there. But yeah, I do ask that you pray for our family, especially, uh, especially over the next two weeks. Mel and I were travelling without the kids, um, and you know, massive thank you to our, our parents for helping us make that happen. Um, but yeah, if you could just pray for them, um, that they would be safe without us, and if you could pray for us, that we would be safe. And I hope that when I come back in May next year, uh, that I would be less. And that he would be more. And that you would be able to witness that in my life. And hopefully that would witness in our church and then in our community. Um, that's it. Pastor James. Thank you, Pastor Steve. I'm just going to invite all the, the ministry leaders up. And we're just going to pray for, for Pastor Steve. So if you want to head to the middle for us. And, um, yep, if you're a ministry leader here, come out to the front. Come out to the front. Yep, yep. Uh, and I'm going to invite Daz and, and Nathan as well to come up and, and just surround Pastor Steve. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray for Pastor Steve and uh, this next season of his, his life. Um, we're going to pray for him. We're going to pray for his family. We're going to pray for his marriage. We're going to pray for his kids. We're going to pray that he comes back healthier. Um, more effective, um, and Mel said um, just with a thinner belly as well. <laughs> but we're going to pray that God will just work mightily in these next six months. And so, um, yeah, we're going to pray, 
And so join us, church, as we pray for Pastor Steve and as we release him from uh, his service to the church. And so let's pray. Let's pray, church. Come on. Lord, we just thank you so much, Lord. Just pray. Our Father in heaven, we pray for your servant and our brother and that this time would truly be a time of rest in you. Lord, would you be pleased to see Pastor Steve rest in your word, rest in your accomplished work, rest in your will over all things including his life and may there be opportunity to take stock to examine to reflect Lord may it be a time where you would continue to chisel away in his heart to remove the things that are of the flesh to be generous in pouring out your spirit into him. Give him time to pray and to seek your face that he will be reminded in a powerful and tangible and most personal way that who he is is far more than what he does. Father, we pray for the members of this church that it would be a wonderful reminder of who the head of this church truly is. That they will not feel lost or overwhelmed or abandoned, but they will be reminded that Jesus is the head of this church. Lord, allow Pastor Steve to come back and not just come back with some new ideas or fresh insights or anything like that. Lord, may those things be unto your will. But may he come back so full of your love and grace that he would exude your very presence and power and love to his church. That his members, his brothers, his sisters, those that you have appointed him to serve will really be able to know the pastor's heart as he models the great shepherd of all our Lord Jesus. Father, we commit him into your hands. May his life and his family during this period and also onward be a life that is secure and safe in you, that come what may, they will receive all things from your hand.
as a blessing and as a treasure that you have provided for them. May they live their lives with joy and obedience and a willing sacrifice to all the things that you put before them. Father God, may all this also be to your glory and to the building of your church, to the advance of your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, thank you. Uh, we've got a little gift on behalf of the ministry leaders. Um, Hansel, if you could just grab the flowers and the, the card. <laughs> and, the, and the card as well, yeah. Uh, this is just on behalf of the ministry leaders, um, just to say thank you for your service. <laughs> Such a good dad, Hansel. <laughs> Wiping away the tears. Um, we're going to continue our worship to God through communion. And I just want to invite up Nathan up in this moment. And I need to get this right. Um, Nathan is uh, Fresh Herbs Church Engagement and Pioneering Ministry Leader. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, Nathan, Daz, uh, Pastor Jacob, these guys are all uncles of our church. And they are one of the greatest supports. And they have been one of the greatest supports over the years. And so I just want to invite up, Nathan, what a privilege it is to, for you to lead us in communion. So thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. You've had many uh, voices here this morning. So um, I just think it'd be good for us to just pause for a moment because Daz has shared about Sabbath as a resistance um, where we're not just um, people whose hands are tied to the, the earth, but our hearts have, uh, belong to someone else. And, you know, Steve has shared, um, you must increase, I must decrease. Just Let's just take 30 seconds and just sit in that together. reminded um, as you were sharing Steve that um, Thomas Merton said can I let go of my need to produce what no one needs and often we are producers of things for our own need for our own anxious need often but can I let go and you know I just pray that in this season you, you can you can let go I had a beautiful uh, experience when I was uh, in a Sabbath journey a few years ago and uh, we were in a little place in Tasmania, living in a little shack with my three then little children. And um, I didn't have any of this white stuff on my chin. That only started 11 months ago, actually, when Steve came to work with me. <laughs> I had blonde hair back, it's hard to believe, but um, you know, every morning uh, I'd get up and I'd 
we were in this beautiful place on the northwest coast of Tasmania, which is where I'm from, and I'd walk up this quite long hill. It'd probably take an hour. And there was just a bench seat at the top, and every day I'd just walk up, sometimes twice. And I'd, I'd sort of, you know, sometimes we need to exhaust everything that's in us, the anxiety in us, so that we can just be present. And then I'd just sit on this seat, and I'd just, you know, literally, I'd just sit there with Jesus. And it was probably the first time in my, you know, many years where I had permission and spaciousness to just go, I could just, be, we could just be, Jesus, you're my brother. <laughs> you know, Jesus, you're, you're actually in the yoke with me. I don't have to do this alone. I, I'm actually in and with what you're up to in your kingdom's work. So it's a real gift and I'm really excited for what this season's going to actually look like for this community here at the chapel and what that might promote in your own journey as you've released Steve and his family into their journey. But friends, I just want to share a very short parable today, uh, a beautiful story. Um, part of the, the, I'm growing a trekking beard, okay? So I'm, my wife hates it, but I'm growing a trekking beard because I'm off to Nepal in two weeks' time to do part of the Annapurna track, uh, Copra Danda, and, and some walking, and hopefully Annapurna Base Camp if my legs can uh, make it. And uh, I've been watching and just thinking about this, this journey. And I've watched uh, recently uh, a documentary on Netflix called Aftershock. It's a three-part documentary on the earthquake that happened in Kathmandu or in Nepal uh, in 2015, April 2015. And it's, it follows the story of sort of uh, Everest Base Camp and downtown Kathmandu and then this valley called Langtang Valley. And these three Israeli men uh, went on a bit of an adventure of a lifetime and they had a few days to spare and they went, let's, let's go and um, hike into the Langtang Valley. And so they walk into this part of uh, Nepal, which is like a lot of Nepal, quite hard to get to. And it's quite remote. And they've decided on this particular morning they want to walk from the, the village up to one of the lookouts. And it's at that point where there's a, you know, eight Richter scale uh, type of event and uh, the Langtang village completely disappears. It's completely gone when they come back. And there's other people that were at a higher village and suddenly you've got this small community, a lot of tourists, a lot of trekkers, and then some local Nepalis and suddenly survival instinct starts to kick in. What are we going to do? And there's this brief moment of rescue that comes when the army helicopter comes and lands and they think we're all gonna be okay. There's like, we can get 20 people on this chopper. And all the army does is they grab their own men in and then they, they leave, they leave all these people here. And at one point, the Israelis decide to go down to this valley, to this village, which now no longer exists. And they're not perhaps quite aware of some of the cultural nuances of how Nepalis uh, treat their dead and how they respect uh, the fact that if there are belongings, that those belongings are for the relatives to, to collect. That's no one else's job. And so these, these tourists, uh, they go down and they find a case. And in Nepal, if you've got a suitcase with a lock on it, it's, it's a safe. And so this is someone's, this is the content of someone's belongings, you know, their, their money, etc. 
And so these men, I think one of them particularly out of desperation and perhaps out of, uh, you know, just he's an opportunity. It was this opportunistic sort of moment where they've knocked off the lock, they've pulled out the contents of this suitcase, thrown it in a bag, trying to find some food and they head back up to this survivor camp, we'll call it. And the, the Nepali men notice that they've got this money and suddenly there's some argy-bargy and they get the, the, the bag and they realise this money belongs to someone. There's someone's passport in there. And suddenly things become very tense and there's a lot of arguing and then suddenly there's pushing and then suddenly they're throwing rocks at each other and it gets quite violent. And these Israeli men are thinking, okay, we've completely stuffed up here and now like we're fearing for our lives. Will we even survive the night? So there's been this major catastrophe. There's a, a village that completely does not exist that was there the day before. There's been some cultural nuance and suddenly there is just um, people are at each other. And who's going to get out, right? It's all about, will I make it out? And so everyone's kicked into protecting themselves, you know, this self-protection mechanism that happens when we're just trying to make sure we're okay, as long as I can get a park, as long as I, you know, like, as long as I'm okay, as long as I can get the toilet paper in COVID, you know, I don't care about anyone else, as long as I can get some. It kicks in, right? Like it's there, it's in me, as long as my family's okay. And so they managed to survive the night. I think they found some vodka up the back or something and they, they managed to get through the night. And then the next day, things become really heated again. And the, the Nepali say to these tourists, you guys aren't leaving here. We're not letting you leave. And one of the guys has like an EPIRB style. It's not a satellite phone, but he has some sort of communication d- device. So he messages uh, a, someone from Israel, a chopper, a, a, a rescue pilot, and basically says, can you come and rescue us and come armed, bring weapons, because this is going to get gnarly. And this is the moment where, you know, you could just imagine like everything's already at 11 anyway, and then we're going to escalate it even a little bit more as someone comes in weaponized, ready to, you know, kill if they need to, to try and rescue a certain group from the other groups. And this is survival, right? This is people going, I've just got to get out of here. I've just got to make it home. I just want to see my family again. And so this rescue pilot flies in and he lands and they're all up on the hill. And this guy gets out of his his, uh, chopper. He's wearing a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. And he wanders up to them. And, you know, everything's peaking, right? They're thinking, what's this guy going to do? And where's his guns? You know, that's what they're thinking. Why has this guy got any weapons on him? Where's Commando? You know, where's, t- where's Arnie when you need him? And in one sentence, this guy completely changes the nature of that scenario, this rescue pilot. He says, hello, I am uh, Yohai. I'm from Israel and I am here to help everyone. In that one moment, you went from sort of tribal war, uh, everyone, every man from every man and woman for themselves, everyone just trying to survive, everyone against each other, everyone thinking, I can, as long as I'm okay. And this one person, a person of peace, a person who became a peacemaker that day, who had to think very quickly as he's been, uh, you know, text message, please come and please rescue us and please bring weapons. 
And he's like, what am I going to do? And the way he uh, was able to come in and stabilise that situation was to go, friends, I am here for everyone. And suddenly that whole community of people that were against each other suddenly were hugging each other and celebrating because they realised that they, they had this paradigm, they had this loop that they were stuck in. They could only see one way out and that was to be against. Friends, in the Gospel... And Paul says it beautifully in one line in Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians. It says that he died for everyone. Jesus comes for everyone. He comes for all of us. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. You know, in that moment, they were just thinking about me, if I can be okay. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer think think of themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Friends, will you you stand with me and uh, hold your cup? You can peel, peel the top off if you want. And, you know, why did I share this parable? Because there's something in us that's about we're against uh, as long as I'm okay, um, as long as we can be okay, and we'll do anything we can to survive in, in situations where we feel like our life's at stake. And then God sends his son and says, actually, you don't have to worry anymore because I'm coming for all of you. Jesus said to his disciples, uh, don't be afraid. I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming for you. Friends, he's coming for you today. And all we have to do is receive. And this, this little uh, image of a, a piece of bread and a glass of wine in our hands is this reminder that Jesus says that I have given myself for us that every time you share in this meal together, every time you eat this bread or drink this wine, every time you do this, remember me because I have given myself for you. And Paul says that every time we eat this meal, we declare his death until he comes again. So friends, we eat and drink today in the knowledge that he is coming for all of us. Lord, I pray with this meal you would sustain us, that you would keep us, that you would, like Pastor Steve, that you would give us a heart's desire to decrease so you can increase in our lives. And that, Jesus, we would be reminded by that simple parable, that simple story, that we need each other, that 
we would be a people who would be reliant on one another, that the body, the whole body is important and integrated and integral to, to, to life. And so, Lord, I pray that as we've received um, this bread and this wine, that it would be like a, like a life spring in us today and that we would have a deeper sense that it's not something that we've taken individually, but it's something that we've actually um, we, we, we've swallowed corporately together, that you come for all of us, that you come for all of us. And I thank you for your life and your love. Thank you for the cross in Jesus' name.